Hi, it's Casey. Self-driving cars and robots we talk to all day long. That's what's in our near future, according to Kevin Kelly. He says much of the technology that will happen in the next 30 years is inevitable. And his New York Times bestseller, The Inevitable, is now in paperback. But before we jump into the future, we're going back to last week to finish up our introduction to the world of Chinese medicine. Thanks for tuning in to Shine On today. Lorraine Hughes of EmpoweredByNature.net says, When you believe, you are opening your mind to a new connection and respect with the earth that will nourish you. And when you begin this journey, you'll be guided by ancient wisdom and become a more empowered and intuitive person. Chinese medicine, it's a magical way of understanding your true self in body, mind, and spirit. But it's a big shift. It takes a lot for a person to come see me because they know they have to open up. Because it's about change. It's I Ching. It's yin yang. We need to change in order to evolve. I'm learning a lot of words here. I Ching means? That's the uh, book of change. I got the book. and it, that, So it, does it mean change? Yes. <laughs> so we got the yin, we got the yang. The yin is like the vessel. The yang is like the gas. The qi is the mystery of life. Mm-hmm. The shen is the spirit. The mm-hmm. yi is the focus. Exactly. And then I've got all these body parts that are connected to emotions, emotions. and seasons. Right. So the emotions could stop the qi. Like let's say it's a fear stops chi and joy could could if it's balanced could enhance the chi okay okay so really this is just another way of looking at life exactly it's just another way a very um pictorial way like i, I you it's know, very metaphoric metaphoric yes, yeah yeah okay so let's say i come to you and i say hey lorraine i'm i'm happy i'd like to lose 15 pounds but that doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon <laughs> i'm a pretty good eater and uh, but i got these crazy allergies you know twice a year i'm a mess mm-hmm. where would we begin no i would do tongue and pulse diagnosis first and that would be basically just like everything else on our bodies there'll be it's, it's a map of your body the tongue has more history to it than pulses pulses are very important tongue will tell tell me a lot of things Told what me. is my tongue telling you? Not right now, but just in general. <laughs> not showing you my tongue. It will tell. It will tell me a couple of things. Whether you are digesting well, people do have allergies and asthma is because of how their body is digesting and what they're eating. They may think that they're eating well, and they may be eating well, but it's not suited for them. I always ask for a three-day food diary, and of course, every time I look at their food diary, they say, "Oh, oh this is. I'm off. I haven't. You know, I haven't. This is not the way I regularly." Yeah, okay, we all yeah, lie. Right, yeah. We lie. What we do in our heads yep. and what we do in real life, they don't even match. It's funny. I'm not here to chastise a person. I'm just here to guide. You said earlier that everything on our body is a microcosm of the macrocosm. So when you look at my tongue, you can see my whole life. I can see... The map I, of my body. I can see what's going on with your body. All right. Now, what about my feet, my hands, my ears? I mean, are they also my elbow? Where does this stop? The feet, since I'm a reflexologist also tell stories too is the skin red is it just like in chinese medicine is it hot is it cold is it damp is it dry is the feeling internal is it external there's a lot of effects uh we do have you know our hands our feet our ears our tongue uh basically are are what people look at and face there's chinese face reading also so what that tells you when you look at a tongue is 
This is not the nice pink tongue that we were all born with. Nice and glossy and nice and pink. Not too red, not too white, just right. And you'll see crevices and cracks. You'll see swollen areas. You'll, and those over those areas is where you're depicting where there may be something going on. Tip of the tongue is the heart. So people who are with insomnia, you'll always see a red tip. Usually, I would say, I would say 99% of the time, see a red tip on that tongue. Because their heart, their, their heart is not grounded. They have insomnia. Their heart isn't grounded. They have insomnia. Right. So the tip of their tongue is red. And that's an indication because somehow your heart is depicted by the tip of your tongue. Yes. Okay. So let's say if you're, you don't have a roundness at the tip of your tongue. Okay. And it's like, like angulated. Usually people who have that have had some kind of a trauma, a loss, a deep loss, a deep sorrow. She's looking at her tongue. <laughs> I think I'm good. Okay. So, I, so if you have a pointy, pointy tongue, you've had loss or sorrow. It, it depends. Your heart is jagged. You know, if you have a pointy tongue and the rest of your tongue is like thin and long, it's usually someone who's usually very old, very yin deficient. So there we go back into that. Yeah, whole their yin vessel, yang. their vessel is starting to right because they lost down. all their fluids because they don't have that round tongue anymore. Okay. Yeah. Is there a way to stay in optimal health like into old age? Yes. Yeah, there is. And then the thing is confident about that, Lorraine. Yeah. But the thing is, again, I have to back back step. It depends on where you are now. It depends on where your cumulative health has come to at this point in time. If you've been on medications for many years, that is definitely swaying your, the, the efficacy of your organ systems. How is, every, is everything communicating with one another? All the organisms, all the organs have to be communicating with one another because they're relying on one another. The Chinese see the body as this totally integrative, the first holistic medicine ever aside from Ayurveda. Okay, and yeah. Ayurveda came from India. Yeah. Okay, I'm starting to understand that when Chinese medicine looks at the body, like they're looking at the the heavens and the universe and the planets. No. And the earth. And the earth. So, so the Chinese look at the human being like they're looking at the whole universe. Right. Everything has to mm -hmm. interact with each other. Right. Wow. So we're like a little universe. Yes, we are. <laughs> That's why when we are disconnected from nature, we're disconnected from ourselves. And that's a, that's a big, big, big part of why people are so sick. If we're disconnected from nature, we're disconnected from ourselves. Right. How many people go out in nature? I do every day. Yes, which is really good, which we all need to do. I have four dogs. I got to pick up poop. <laughs> but I have to tell you, Lorraine, it's the greatest thing because I walk around my backyard mm -hmm. and believe it or not, if I can do it, I do it barefoot. Right. And I'm very careful where Just I watch walk. Out for the poop. Yes. But, um, <laughs> but to me, it's the most happy half hour I have all day, my barefoot on the earth, and it changes me. Yes, because you're grounding, you're connecting. Human beings are like antennas. So our feet ground into the earth, okay? So this is our, uh, where we bring in the nourishment of, of the earth into our, into our kidneys so our kidneys stay healthy. Kidney energy is very, very important, which is another whole facet of Chinese medicine, what we call Jing, essence. So we draw from the earth. So that's why it's so important that we keep our own earth system, our own little stomach, spleen, pancreas 
happy, alive, digesting, assimilating. So the rest of everything else will get the nutrition, the blood, everything that it needs. Heart is always pumping blood continuously. We want that blood to be vital. So increasing nutrient density in your foods, increasing your interactions with nature will keep you healthy, will bring you peace. So this will also help you on the emotional and the mental level. This is so important that we integrate all of this. This is where we stay healthy. Yes, we're going to get old. This is a part of life. Death is a part of life. But we're going to be happy as we get old. We won't be reliant on someone to take care of us, maybe at the end. But for our older years, we'll be happy and vibrant for the age that we are. If we live within our capacities, and that's where 21st century, we got to go, go, go. We got to do this. We got to do that. We put too much stress on ourselves. We're too overwhelmed. We're disassociated from our inner nature as well from the outer nature. They have to communicate with one another. If we're in our head and we'll have all these, all these ego goals, ego is good, we need that ego, but we have to be real, basically. We have to be real and take care of ourselves and be kind to ourselves. All right. We're talking to Lorraine Hughes, empowered by nature.net. Qigong. Okay. What is it? How does it help me? Okay. Qigong. Qi, like we mentioned earlier, is... Our life force is that mysterious spark of life. What makes your heartbeat? What continues that heartbeat? The Chinese already knew this way before anybody else. It is the ability to move forward, the, the ability to, to be, to keep everything moving. Gong is a health. Is anything that you do for your health. A gong could be going out singing, going dancing, having fun with your friends, enjoying your life. All right. That so gong that is like the great elixir. If right. It's good for you. Yes. Okay. It's a health. It's a health remedy or elixir. So qigong is using the breath efficiently by using the body as a lung, so to speak. People can resonate with is like that three-part belly breath that they do in yoga, when you inhale into the belly. The belly gets bigger and you bring it up into the lungs and they expand. Right. And then you exhale and then you sink and you let it go. So belly breaths. When you breathe in, your belly goes out. Right. Then your chest goes out. And then you push that belly button back to your spine and push right. it all out. From the lungs down to the belly, yes. Okay. So that gives your body that, that ebb and flow like a wave. Since we are so much water, then that's also something that people can align with. Also holding your posture so the whole spine and all the chakras and everything is opened and aligned. There's no crimp in the neck or in the lower back. Like oh, so that's why you have your knees bent a little. Slightly bent, because you tuck your, your tailbone down. You just let it sink. Oh, I wondered why you were kind of half squatting, <laughs> you qigongers. Yeah. But that's so the energy flows smoothly up and right. down your spine. Yes, from the uh, up the back and down the front. Yes, definitely. All right. And so, so that's so Qigong is one of the great elixirs that can sort of bring the whole picture together. Right, because with that, it's the breath, it's the posture, but it is the intention also that you can bring the breath, okay, and your yi and your focus to areas that you may feel that you're blocked, okay? Even if you don't know where that is, when you go and do Qigong, either through, it's better to go to a class because you feel the, the energy in the room. What happens is, is that your presence is right here, right now. There's no worry. There's no constriction in the body. You're allowing yourself to let go. 
and then you, through your breath and through your intention, it'll, it'll flow to those places. Most people after Qigong class, they are either very energized, but peacefully so, or they say, oh man, I can really go to sleep really well now. Yeah. <laughs> so there, a lot of people say, oh, I feel like I'm floating on air. Yeah, it's, it's good because we need to bring down all that energy we have in our heads and sink that down into the lower Danqian, which is the low, it, it is around the navel area, and sink that into that fuel tank. I've heard that before, the Danqian. That's how you break up the parts of the body? Yes, the three Danqians. So your lower, your middle, your upper? Right. Okay. All right. This has been a lot. Lorraine Hughes, our guest, Empowered by Nature, is uh, empoweredbynature.net is the uh, website. So just in summation, give us one thing we could give up today that would help us with our overall health and one thing we could embrace today that would help us with our overall health this isn't not an easy one but it is um, lose your attachments to things that don't matter don't bring in all the overwhelm into your body um, or into your mind or into your presence um, the more you do that you can be more of an observer and not be in the mess Okay. Okay. Um, that would be one thing. And you can do that with deep breathing and walking out in nature. And walking, you know, if you get into a situation and, and people are, you know, pissing you off or whatever, you just, you know, go down to your chair, go for a walk, breathe deep, even just for 15 minutes. We'll let go of being reactionary. Right. And what could we embrace? What could we fold into our life that would bring us to, towards greater health? Gratitude. Because we always thinking that we never have enough. We always go to the negative. When we bring in gratitude, we start to realize all the gifts we've been given. If you're grateful, you're not in judgment. When you judge, you're limiting. And how does that affect my health? It can make you anxious. It can make you lose your self-esteem. You lose your self-esteem. You're, you don't take care of yourself. You don't see yourself as valuable. You don't regard yourself as somebody somebody of, of value. You don't love yourself because you're, you've been taken over by everybody else's opinions and you've taken them on. Perfect doesn't exist. <laughs> That's an illusion. So why should we love ourselves? Because if we, we love ourselves, we will then be able to take care of others and to be here and present and do our mission. That's why we came here for. We're all here to serve in some form, shape, or, or, or fashion. It doesn't matter what it is. It can be very little. It could be very small. That to, and, and then saying little or small still a, or big is still a judgment. Help somebody once a day, you know, or just look somebody in the eyes and smile. We're meant to be social. We're meant to be interactive. You know, a little peace and quiet and solitude is good. <laughs> but but we were meant to be here to take care of one another instead of isolating one another. Are you ready to serve? Serve yourself first by serving your passion. And when you're ready to be empowered by nature, visit Lorraine Hughes at empoweredbynature.net. A trip to the future, that's next. I'm Tyler Mell with your weekly Broadway update. Patti Lapone and Christine Ebersol star as lead characters Helena Rubinstein and Elizabeth Arden, respectively, in the new hit Broadway musical War Paint about the top leading cosmetic saleswomen of the 20th century. Arden and her competitor Rubinstein both fight to be on top in an ever-changing industry and both eventually fall out of the spotlight. 
The show attracts an older audience, but Lapone and Ebersol bring in fans of all ages who are ready to be wowed by the fierce ballads of women trying to change an industry and move toward the future. Music by Scott Frankel, lyrics by Michael Corey, and book by Doug Wright. Warpaint premiered on Broadway at the Nederlander Theater on March 7th of this year before officially opening on April 6th. Warpaint is nominated for four Tony Awards. This is your Broadway field correspondent, Tyler Mel, saying, break legs. Do you want your boss to give you that raise or your teenager to clean up her room? Do you want to close more deals or encourage your spouse to open up more? Gaining rapport is the first step in inspiring someone to do what you want them to. There are very simple, easy ways to gain rapport or to connect with another person. Match your boss's body language, for example. If her legs are crossed, subtly cross yours too. You can speak at the same volume and rate as your client. He'll feel immediately in sync with you. Try offering your teenager a double bind. Something like, would you like to clean your room now or after dinner? She'll feel empowered because she has a choice. You can lead by matching your spouse's conversational pattern first, then slowly altering your own. A person in rapport wants to stay in rapport, so he or she will change to match your new pattern, usually without realizing it. Once you've created rapport, you're in a leadership position, and good leaders are persuasive, inspiring, and influential. Remember to use lots of praise, enthusiasm, and encouragement. If you'd like to learn more about improving the way you deal with people or learning more about yourself, visit www.liveandlearnguides.com. Hi, it's Casey. Kevin Kelly is Senior Maverick at Wired Magazine, which he co-founded in 93. He's also editor and publisher of the Cool Tools website. He's the guy that created the Hackers Conference, and his latest New York Times bestseller is now in paperback. The Inevitable, Understanding the 12 Technological Forces That Will Shape Our Future. Your house and your car, they're going to get smarter. Most of the technology in our lives is old stuff, and most of the technology in 20 years is going to be the stuff that we have already today, but there'll be a thin layer of new stuff that will give a lot of the character to what we're seeing, and that new stuff will be kind of embedded, ubiquitous, commodity-level intelligence in things that are dumb today, you know, uh, your shoes and your car and your doorknobs. All that stuff will have some intelligence in it. That's one of the first things that are going to happen. Mm, We're going to get intelligence in our doorknobs. Yeah, you know, I've been talking about that for many years, and now you can't go to a hotel without interacting with the computer and the doorknob. That's true. And our cars. What we're going to see next is the auto-driven car, the the computer driverless car that pulls up when you want it. You know, you summon it, and it it parks itself or comes to you and picks you up, takes you where you want to go, and then parks itself or goes on and and gives a ride to the next person. The question is, what are we going to do in these cars when they're driving around themselves and I think the answer is going to be we're going to do virtual reality we're going to put on a a pair of magic glasses and either work or visit another planet all right the inevitable now in paperback understanding the 12 technological forces that will shape our future starting with intelligence artificial intelligence so really life soon will look like our old sci-fi movies of the past yeah but I think it's gonna be a while before we have flying cars let's subtract that out but um Certainly, we'll be talking to 
these things in our kitchens, in our homes, we'll be uh, asking them questions that we have all day long, and whispering in our ears, kind of like the movie Her. I think that's not too far off. And I, and I think not only will we have uh, driverless cars, but we're going to have driverless piloted airplane and personal drones. That's going to change the aviation industry and make flying cheaper if you don't have to pay for pilots. And I think we're, we're also headed to a world where we might just in general own less stuff. This movement from owning things to having access to things all the time. Why would you want to own it? You have to store it and clean it and catalog it and upgrade it. If you could just have access to it, like, say, camping equipment, you'd want the most recent cool stuff, so why buy it when you could just have camping equipment at your doorstep that you use and then you leave there and it's taken away and cleaned and sent to someone else. I like that idea, but when you said the pilot pilotless planes, I really got a funny feeling in my stomach. How do you handle being on the cutting edge of, of this stuff? I mean, does it ever flip you out sometimes? Yeah, it can, but just in terms of the planes, already today, when you're on a long-haul flight going across the ocean, the human pilot's only flying for eight minutes. The rest of the time, it already is an AI, and you're just not aware of it. So a lot of this is sort of, uh, you know, blissful ignorance. But I, I think, yes, a lot of the stuff that's coming can be scary. And, and I want to emphasize that there's going to be whole new orders of problems that we haven't even imagined that's going to be brought by these new technologies like artificial intelligence and virtual reality. They're, they're just going to be immensely complicated new problems. I'm not a utopian, but I think the important thing to remember is that the, the solutions to those new problems is actually not to turn the stuff off or to prohibit it, but to actually come up with even better technology. The better technology solutions will have their own problems and will be in this ever ceasing, never ceasing cycle of new problems, new solutions, new problems. But that actually increases our choices and options, and that's really what we're after. Right, and that makes life exciting. There was a YouTube, um, there was a video on Facebook yesterday of two babies, two cute little adorable babies, FaceTiming, right? So the, <laughs> yeah, the moms were holding up the devices and the two babies were FaceTiming. And I just thought, you know, in their lifetime, the things that they will see. Exactly, and, and, and the demands that they make. Um, my, my assistant's uh, daughter, uh, whenever she sees a still image in a magazine, she says, play the video. Oh, wow. make, it, make, it, make it play. Uh, because if it, unless, it's, unless it's moving, it doesn't really count. It's, it's broken. Right, unless it's moving, it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The inevitable, understanding the 12 technological forces that will shape our future. I have to ask you this. What's your favorite little piece of technology? I am pretty obsessed photographer and I have to say that cameras are becoming better and better and even the camera in your phone is about a million times better than the most expensive film camera we had back in the 70s doing all kinds of amazing things and I am just so impressed and so in love with the ease of taking pictures and how good those pictures are it just makes me happy all right that's good to know and with all this technology that's coming our way to make our lives quote-unquote easier do you think we're going to get fat and lazy because we're not moving around anymore it could but but i've been trying some virtual reality games and my gosh they are a workout and so we have this image of the virtual reality kind of a slob you know 
see it in the basement, never moving because he has this pair of goggles on. But in fact, um, they're very, very kinetic, and, and there's some that really give you cardio exercise to, a, to the nth degree as you kind of run around or move around, wave your arms, trying to duck, grab things. And so I think we're going to be surprised maybe by how active we can be. And uh, last year, the Pokemon Go craze showed that we can even get people outside um, in in the parks looking for things and engaging in a way that we didn't uh, imagine before so i don't think i don't think this is going to be the vision of wally and the spaceship and the people in the wheelchairs go-karts driving around i think it's going to be a very very active world and and i don't think necessarily if you wanted to you'll be able to be as fit as you can the inevitable is the book and now out in paperback a new york times bestseller are you working on anything for us now yeah, I'm trying to think about um, w- what happens when we have this huge machine that connects 7 billion people all the time, day and night, and how do you think differently when everybody's connected together? How do you think differently when everybody's connected together? That is a great topic. All right, we'll wait for that book. Thank you, Kevin Thank Kelly. You, Kevin. Have a beautiful day. It's been great. Kevin Kelly, one very interesting man. Let me know if you'd like a copy of his book, The Inevitable. Our thought for the day comes from Eleanor Roosevelt, who said... The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. See you next week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey and Ella's Leash Production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at caseyradio.com. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show next Sunday morning from 100.7 WHUD.